All right. All part, right. Part two of Matthew chapter 23. We are going to go over the seven woes. Whoa. On the teachers and the law of the Pharisees. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Okay. Um, he says, Woe to you. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who are, enter who are trying to. So they're in opposition of the truth. They, uh, they are against heaven, and they uh, don't want other people to go to heaven either. They want other people to follow them instead of know the truth and pursue Christ. Okay. Um, woe to you hypocrites. Travel to sin. Oh. Hypocrites, you travel over land and sea to win a single convert. When you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Yeah, they. Uh, Jesus pulls no punches here um, when he assigns to them being the literal children of Satan. Mm. Yeah, because there's a corollary between the law, death, sin, and Satan. Okay? If, if you have a law... And it says, do not have blonde hair. Mm -hmm. Are you guilty? Yeah. That's right. The law made you guilty. So if you don't have the law, you're not guilty. So if you have a law and it says, do not have blonde hair, you're guilty and you're therefore a sinner. Because the law accuses you. Mm. Okay. Satan is an accuser. Mm. So I know this is kind of a, a convoluted way to express it, but bottom line, they would go to extreme lengths to make a, 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 a convert. Yeah. And he says, and then you just, you don't make them better. You make them worse. You make them twice the child of hell that you are. Yeah. Why? Because they embrace the law and they accuse everybody of sin yeah. by those laws that they're going by yeah. instead of dying to it and being without law. Yeah. So there's a corollary in scripture between Satan yeah. and the law, accusers, and these Jews. I see. And, okay, let me just keep going. So, woe to you blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gold of the temple is bound by oath. You blind fools, which is greater, the gold of, or the temple that makes the gold sacred. You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing. But anyone who swears by the gift on the altar is bound by that oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that made the gift sacred. It's just, I'm going to cut through. It's a very difficult teaching on the gift and the altar and the history. Yeah. I'm just going to make it simple. He's showing that they care more about the money. Uh -huh. That's what it was. But the, and, okay. Rather so they, than the holiness of what the temple was supposed to represent. Mm -hmm. They cared more about the, how they're going to benefit. Mm -hmm. It's a very simple way to go to it, but. I can't one recall all the details, but I just know it's a really difficult teaching. The gift, okay. On the altar. Is a, it's in reference to the Old Testament. It's in reference to even not, if our memory serves, it's in reference to something that's not even in the Old Testament, oh. but a practice that they created for themselves. Okay. So, but to draw on the gold and the temple part the temple like swearing by the temple would be something that is correct at that time like to swear on the temple is that something they would do 
They may have done that. I don't remember the history of it, but I don't think swearing was... They swore oaths, and he's just saying, you won't even swear an oath on what is God. You swear oath on what is the gold in God's house. Mm -hmm. So that's the best thing to take from that. Okay. Give a tenth of your spices, but neglect the important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Yeah. Spices. Yeah, so... uh, the Jews were so specific about never breaking any of the law. When I say the Jews, the Pharisees, mm-hmm. uh, that if they, someone gave them a teaspoon of uh, cumin. Hate. Cumin is a spice. <laughs> Celery root. Had to choose that one. Celery All root. the spices. No. <laughs> This is a product of Family Guy, The Office. No! All these shows, this is what it does to your brain. I mentioned a simple, (laughs) beautiful spice created to us, created for us by God himself, Cumin. (laughs) I hate you so much. And she hates it. All right, cinnamon. They would parse parse out 10% of that because they wanted to keep that law right. But he says, and you ignore the most important, weightier, the most important parts of the law, which are mercy, mm. right? So they were all external. They were all, we do this, we do to be approved. And mm. it was just a mess. And he said, you don't even understand the heart of God. Hmm. But just really quickly, you said, by the Jews, I mean the Pharisees. When you talk about the Jews, do you usually mean the Pharisees? Yeah, the people I don't speak of in a derogatory way because they were under the leadership of these Pharisees and Sadducees mm. and Essenes, which aren't mentioned very often, mostly the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they, they were the Jews who were killing Christ. Mm. They were the ones who were rejecting him. So when I say the Jews, I'm talking about their leadership. I see. Yeah. Okay. Similar to today. When you talk about the Christians. Yes, the definitely Mormons. the leadership. Same problems. Yeah. Okay, so then he, it seems like he's making similar points over and over. Clean the outside of the cut, but the inside is full of a cut cup. <laughs> I wrote it wrong. But the inside. Outside of the cut. <laughs> but you don't clean the inside of the cut where all the germs live. <laughs> That's the Irish Beatitudes. Continue. We have an audience member today that's laughing. And ruining our audio. (laughs) Anyway, um, the outside of the cup and dish, and then the inside will also be made clean. That's a really nice picture. It is. It's good. (laughs) Tony's in a giddy mood today. You're in a less talkative mood today. (laughs) I'm being very succinct. It is. Very good. Yes. Carry on. Like whitewashed tombs. They look beautiful on the outside, but inside they're full of bones and unclean. Yep. Constantly talking to them about the outside. They perfect. Mm. The inside is filthy. And that's the way religion works. Mm. It's always trying to make the outside look right. And they don't give a rat's rear end about the inside, the heart. Mm. And that's how God is. He doesn't care about the outside. He wants to know what's in and on the heart. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a reason that it's 
it seems like he's getting at specific things with each one of these points though they're all pointing to the same thing but they're all like nuanced and different yeah and it's just to paint the whole picture i suppose yeah condemn them as harsh as as harshly as he possibly can okay so um you build tombs for prophets decorate graves of the righteous say you wouldn't do what they did but then deny that you come from them when they say they he's saying you decorate the prophet's tombs and you you put garlands on the dead and you of of the prophets who your fathers killed and you're of the same spirit as your fathers but you say we wouldn't have done what happened to them Mm. but you're the the children of the people who did it Mm -hmm. yeah okay so i mean okay how will you escape the condemnation of hell you who killed the prophets how i wanted to gather you but you weren't willing oh that's so big first of all the king james translators decided to put hell there when that's not the word that's used there the word that's used is gehenna Hmm. all right and gehenna is is like the dump site of jerusalem all right and it's where they took all their trash it's where they took their dead animal carcasses criminals they threw them in gehenna and <laughs> and uh in doing that that was a place that burned with fire okay and so the skull the writers of the christian community say jesus was using gehenna the actual literal place that burned with fire as a picture for hell so the king james translators just put hell there Okay, they actually translated to hell because they said that's what Jesus was talking about. But the reality was, was Jesus was saying, how are you scribes and Pharisees, you religious leaders going to escape the literal destination of Gehenna? Uh, Because what happened was when the Roman army came and surrounded Jerusalem, Uh they kept everybody inside there and they couldn't escape. Uh And ceremonial burials were so important to Jews that... uh, they would have to do it before sundown. They would have to be embalmed, washed, all this stuff. And these Jews that Jesus is talking to were going to be carelessly grabbed by Roman soldiers and just tossed down this valley of Enom to roll on down with all the mud and carcass and mm. filth of that place. And, and so when he says, how are you going to escape that place? It's literal. Mm. It's literal. And yet everyone tries to spiritualize it and say, no, he's talking about hell, hell. No. But, but those people then wouldn't have known what he was talking about, would he, they? He, they would have known, but they wouldn't have known, what the hell do you mean, how are we going to escape uh, the Valley of Hinnom? They wouldn't have known what he meant. He was prophesying, when the end comes of this age and the Roman armies come in here, they're going to throw your bodies into, into the Valley of Hinnom. So Gehenna, Hinnom was a thing, but they, like, it wasn't traditional for bodies to be thrown in there. It would be, time. but for criminals. Because they were just, they were filthy, you know, they didn't, but for a religious Jew, they would always have a proper burial. So when he says, how are you going to escape this treatment? They thought, well, we'll never be thrown down into that place. Our burials are supreme. We have whited sepulchers that we're buried in and and we're washed in and prepared. What do you mean? How are we going to escape? So they didn't know that he was saying that's coming where you guys are going to be tossed. And Josephus, the Jewish historian rights of this act mm. happening the body stacked up down there of wow. jews 
So yeah. what does them translating it to hell do it to Christians now? It yeah. reinforces the idea that if you don't receive Jesus, you're going to go to a place that burns forever. By them translating Gehenna to hell there, Christians use that as saying, see, Jesus said they were yeah. going to be thrown in hell. But like, sorry, Gehenna, I understand they like, it was specific, they wouldn't have known about it, and it justifies the 70 AD thing, but hell was a thing then. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know how to get to this point, but even if 70 AD was valid, and it said hell here, it doesn't like cancel it out because hell was a thing then so jesus could be saying how could you how are you escaping hell he, at he, that time he could right? have been saying that but then he would have used a word for hell which he was what? sheol oh, okay. Right? okay or hades oh, okay. but he doesn't he uses gehenna which okay. is that literal place okay yeah but like even okay i guess i'm trying to say even christians today should still even if it said Gehenna, it, just because it says hell, they shouldn't assume that that's still happening now. Like, oh, no, if hell no. was happening then. Hell was happening then, and if he said hell, then that would have been yeah, true. Yeah, even if it said right. Sheol, it doesn't mean that hell's happening now. No, it doesn't, because I mean. context of the rest of Scripture tells us that's yeah. all been fulfilled. Okay, yeah. but that makes it even more clear that it was Gehenna. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so... And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed, and from the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah to the son of Berechiah. Berechiah? Berechiah. Berechiah! The reason I say that is because the reference he gives there is not known. It's part of their history, but it's not in the Bible. So he says, he mentions something that is just speculative in history. What is he talking about? The all the blood. Be Abel. Yeah, the righteous Abel. So what he's saying is all the blood that has been shed from Abel, who was killed by Cain, mm. all the way up to this unknown thing of between the altars with Berechiah, all of the blood that was shed there is going to be on you. All this will come on this generation. Yeah, that generation. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What? Why? What does that mean it will come on them? I don't fully get that. Because they had represented the law, the prophets. They received the Messiah. The, they had received uh, the teachings. Everything had come down upon them. They have the whole history from Abel on of everything. And they had the most information given to them as a people and they still rejected it mm. so he's saying all the judgment of all of this stuff's going to fall on you the mm. hardest it's basically a way to paraphrase oh it. i see okay yeah. okay i mean he's throwing down big time on them well it makes sense as we go into 24 23 well 24 is next just because we're at the very end of 23 now like i just wondered why he's calling the pharisees out in this way now huge because he's he's about to be crucified and he's been uh, reaching them for three years mm. and they've been calling and that's why he ends with oh you know jerusalem jerusalem mm. i have called you and and then he says but you are not willing i was like a, a chicken gathering her uh, chicks right 
Hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Under her wings, but you were not willing. Yeah. And it shows that the human will is plays a part in what God is doing. Mm. Because they weren't willing. Mm. You know, people say, oh, no, God elects you to be willing. Mm-hmm. And then, no, no, no. Jesus wouldn't say that to them mm-hmm. if uh, it was all appointed. You have a choice to believe or not believe by the evidence you're given. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you will be judged according to your will. You know, and some people will just say, I'm not going to believe it. So they don't. So the Jews were the same. You weren't willing. Mm. So fig tree coming down upon you. Mm. Look, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah. So this house of Israel, some, most people think he's talking about the temple. Okay. Your house. But that's his father's house. He would never call it their so he says, your house has left you desolate. What house is that? The house of Israel. You are hollow. You have brought nothing forward. God divorced you in Jeremiah. You are now left with what you are, sons of Satan. Mm-hmm. You are the children of the devil. You do the works that your father did. All of the judgment that was upon Abel to hear is falling upon you. And that sets us up for what's going to come in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Because he has laid out hardcore harder than any other place upon these religious leaders of that day. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, that, I think that satisfies for 23. Yippee! We're at 17 minutes. We should say, though, that um, we're posting this on the Heart of the Matter channel now. And for those, I think people on Heart of the Matter are a little confused. Oh. But this is a podcast, of a Christian ultra-libertarians for truth podcast, hmm. would you say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, called I Don't Get the Bible, and all of his teachings, if you're looking for them, are now at cult.love, so go check that out. Yeah, and this is just another, uh, cult.love is our online university, so it says be our online college. This is just another college course that people can take. It's called Sit In and Take a Course with Delaney and Dad (laughs) Talking About the Bible, Mm -hmm. and it's available at cult.love. Awesome. All right. Okay, uh, on to 24. Seven woes. <laughs>